0: went back down the hall, went back into her office. She looks at me, and there was like instant recognition, instant understanding. And before the words came out of my mouth, she goes, get out. And I said, Jill, I did not come here to cause a problem. I just wanted to come here to thank you for my life. She goes, get out. She picked up the phone, called security, security came, threw me out. That's it. End of story.
1: Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. I am the adoptive mother of four children, and I did live in Africa for three years, and I knew then that I was called to adopt. I started adopting when I was working for CBS Channel 4 in Denver, and after all we had been through, I decided I wanted to start talking about adoption. So my husband and I started this show as a radio program, And we just started telling adoption stories from the perspective of the adoptee, the birth parent, and adoptive parents. It has now grown into the international podcast you hear today. If you go to adoptionnow.com, you can find a story for you, I promise. We have episodes on foster care, domestic infant adoption, embryo adoption, and international adoption. And we are now in season five. Adoption Now is talking about real issues that are happening right now in our adoption community. If you're about to start your adoption journey or you need help in your process, we're here to connect you to the resources you need. We have agencies, therapists, and lawyers that can help you. Just go to adoptionnow.com. Okay, today we have an amazing guest. My friend Erica Shields is the former Mrs. Colorado 2016, and she's now the ambassador for children welfare from the prevention of child abuse and neglect. And she works to stop human trafficking and she's an adoption advocate. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you, April. It's so fun to be here. You're a star. I can't believe this. No, no. (laughs) You are, and you were really an amazing Mrs. Colorado. You involved everybody. You have a lot of service background, but you get everybody excited about volunteering, and I do everything you tell me. (laughs) I do. I I wear what you tell me to wear. (laughs) I show up. (laughs) You're such a good little disciple. I am. I'm learning how to volunteer. But you really do care about children, and you care about really important issues like human trafficking and being an adoption advocate. And what I love about you, and I knew you and kind of stalked you before we were actually friends, (laughs) but somebody said to me, hey, that's Erica Shields. She was the former Mrs. Colorado, but she's adopted. And I'm like thinking, this was a couple of years ago, I guess a year and a half ago. And I said to myself, I wonder if she would ever come on my show and tell her story. And here you are. She would have asked me. I would have I did. And here you her. are. Here I am. I had to get to know you first. <laughs> that's right. To see if I pass. <laughs> yes. So today, this is going to be the first time that I've done an interview and I haven't done a pre-interview. So I know you're adopted and that's about it. So this is, I don't know where we're going to go with this. But I'm excited too, because you actually went on your journey to find your birth family 21 years ago. Right. Can you believe that God like brought this all back around? No,
0: no. Well, I was never, I would never told my story before until just a few years ago. And this is the first time. Yeah. yeah, I've never really told the complete story. Not that it's, I mean.
1: I know you keep saying it's not exciting and it's awesome because you're an adoptee. So people want to hear. And you're so successful. You're a beautiful woman. You're a wonderful mother. I mean, we all want our children to grow up and be like you. Like, Uh. I want all my kids to be, (laughs) you know, happy. I want them to go on the journey and find out who they are. But overall, you're always like shining this joy and happiness. And so we wanna know what's your secret and what did your parents do that was awesome or what could they have done that was better? How did you become Erica Shields? But let's start at the very beginning. So tell me your story.
0: (laughs) So my story begins uh, one day, I was washing the dishes in my kitchen I was maybe seven or eight.
1: Oh, no, we have to go. We have to Where go were you that. born? Oh, yeah. When, when we, were you oh, adopted?
0: Gosh. Okay. So I don't. I didn't find this out until later. So I'll tell you what I know now. Okay. I was born in Wahiwa, Hawaii, in 1967. She's even tell how old I am. <laughs> I was given up for adoption immediately. Okay. And then I was adopted by a Navy man and a Japanese woman. And then I was given back. What? I know. I found this out later. Wait,
1: how, how old were you when you were given back? I was 18 months. <gasps> and uh, you don't
0: remember it at all? I don't. And then I lived in foster homes from 18 months to three and a half years, and that's when I was adopted by my parents in San Diego, California. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like,
1: can't wrap my head around that, I and know. you don't remember any of it. No,
0: I don't. I do remember sleeping in cribs with dogs
1: and puppies and kitties. And I remember sleeping with animals. Did you think about those things when you were younger? Like, Mm -mm. oh, it happened with your family? Mm -mm. You just didn't
0: Mm put it together. You were young. No, no, no clue. It wasn't until many, many years later to put this all together.
1: Okay, so you're washing dishes. I'm
0: about seven or eight washing dishes. I had chores after school, lots of them. And I remember just out of the blue, I looked at my mom, and my mom was shorter than me. And I'm already seven or eight, and I'm already taller than her. So I just said, So, mom, where do babies come from? So, how come I look different than you? And then she literally says to me in her Japanese accent she tells me i got you in a garbage can under a bridge and there was no joking there was no ha ha ha. and i'm like what (laughs) What do you mean she goes i found you in a garbage can under a bridge you were crying and you needed me i'm like
1: what did she have other children? No. Okay.
0: No, I'm an only child. Oh, you're an only child. I'm an only. Oh,
1: and I also am. That's maybe why oh, we get each other. Yeah. That's yeah. Why we're soul sisters. Yeah.
0: She didn't elaborate. She didn't go into any other detail. She didn't try to correct anything. And I'm mortified. I don't know what that means. It didn't answer my question at all. So then my dad gets home from work, and I go, Dad, is it true that you guys found me in a garbage can under a bridge? And then he looked at my mom, like, What did you do? (laughs) And then that (laughs) night, my dad says to me, You know, I think we need to have a conversation. So, him and my mom sat me down in the living room and told me I was adopted. And I said, I don't know what that means. What does adoption mean? And they says, well, your mom couldn't have children. Your mom and I couldn't have children of our own. You know, your mom had miscarriages. So we decided to adopt, and we didn't care how old the baby was. We didn't care if it was a baby or a ch- an older child. We knew we wanted to adopt a child. So then we started the process with the San Diego Adoption Agency, mm-hmm. and we found you, and you became part of our family. And I'm like, what does that mean? I was bothered by that story.
1: Yeah. Well, why did she— Start with such a... Because she's Japanese. Oh, is that... It's kind
0: of a cultural thing. At least I learned later on that there are certain things you don't talk about, where babies come from, and the mm-hmm. details of that was one of them. And it was just just her way of, I don't know. But she didn't laugh. She didn't. But did she mean it to be funny? I don't think so. Oh. I'm don't. like so perplexed. I don't, it was, like it so per- I don't perplexed. know.
1: I know. <laughs> is your father Japanese?
0: No, he's Caucasian.
1: Okay. So
0: after I learned that I was adopted and the kind of the process and everything that took place, I still didn't understand. And so for some reason, and not all adoptive kids become obsessed. Some kids don't care. Right. I became obsessed. Like from the age, from that moment on up until the time I found my parents, I had to know where I really came from. I needed right. to know because I was an only child. I had always wanted brothers because I'm kind of a tomboy, I like boy mm-hmm. things. I like boy toys. Always had boy friends, like in middle elementary school. So I wanted to, like, maybe I have brothers and sisters. Maybe
1: I've got a brother. Obsessed. Okay, if I asked your parents what kind of a kid you were, like, were you Mm -hmm. good? Were you rebellious? What would they say? I
0: was a very, very good kid. Really? Perfect, yeah.
1: And you didn't get any information Uh -uh. to why Uh -uh. this other couple would have said? My parents didn't tell
0: me that, and I found that out on my own. Oh, Years later, I heard, So they had no—they told you no information from the time before? No. They told me they got me from an adoption agency. I was, I was in a, a two-way mirror, and I was playing with toys in a corner. There was other kids in the room. They were observing different children. And I was playing with toys, block, you know, stacking blocks. And my dad looks at my mom, and he says to her, she needs me, and I need her. Let's, let's take—so he, so he took me home that day. Back then, he had a two-week trial period, kind of like—
1: Like a puppy? like, like, like- Exactly.
0: They watched you play with
1: toys and
0: And I guess I played well or something. So they they took me home and they said it was interesting from the moment I walked in their door in Chula Vista, California, I started calling them mom and dad like immediately. And then I started, you know, I'd never slept in my own bed before. I'd never had a bath before, apparently. I was afraid of the water. I was just weird. So they thought that I was definitely in need of parents. So they adopted me no questions asked and so then when they went to do the paperwork they had were told you need to know something about this little girl she's got all these different health problems you know do you, are you going to be able to take care of those and they took care of them what were your health problems oh i had heart disease i had parasites from living with animals
1: <laughs> yeah oh my gosh you're t- you're saying like really sad things in like a really happy way I'm, like, and I'm, perplexed and confused. Well, because and, I
0: almost feel like I'm telling a story of a different person. Right. I'm telling a story of a, a little girl, and it's hard for me to really grasp that this is me. Because I remember— It really is
1: hard for me to believe, like, right. this person went That's through— Because right. I just assumed when I met you that you were adopted right at birth. But you really went through a lot before you even got to your yeah. parents. And then your mom tells you the story. <laughs> and you're seven, and you're obsessed. So when did you actually— pursue finding the, exactly that moment so
0: in my church i'm lds mormons mm-hmm. and so genealogy and ancestry is very important to us so i started tapping into what and i didn't know anything i didn't know what i was doing at the time but i was started tapping into genealogy work asking people in my church How, can you help me find my parents they, they could not help me had no information no names no dates no nothing so did the, you
1: know that the people that had you were in the lds church as well Mm-mm. Nobody. Okay. and I was the only one. My parents
0: weren't even Mormon. They still aren't. What? Yeah. He's... So. <laughs> what do you mean? So when we moved from San Diego to Midvale, Utah, my grandfather was in the church and pretty active, and um, he took me to church with him all the time. So okay. then I would go to church with him.
1: So you were Mormon, but your parents were not Mormon. That's right. Okay. So you did well, not come through that adoption. My dad was,
0: but he not never really active. Okay. So. Yeah.
1: So you're a seven year old Mormon. Yeah. And you're going to find out I your am. story. And here's the crazy thing. All of this is crazy. <laughs>
0: well, this is even more crazy. Here I am, seven or eight, and after school one day, you know, would, my mom would always have Oreos and milk with me. So I decided to watch the Phil Donahue show. Have you ever heard of it?: Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm seven or eight watching the Phil Donahue show. And there was an organization called Elma on there have you mm-hmm. heard of them it's an acronym for adoptees looking for something mm-hmm. i don't i don't, i don't even know if they exist anymore and it was just a bunch of families on the show talking about how they found their adoptive family i'm like <gasps> so i called them immediately the what 800 number i asked them to send me as much information as like i still have it i brought the thing in my car but i have all of the stuff from alma that they sent me and i became obsessed i, I contacted them they were no help in the end actually it wasn't until maybe 18, 20 years later that I got all the information that I needed.
1: At seven years old, you call them like, my seven year old <laughs> kids can't tie their shoes. Like, I you're did. making these. Seven, Was your eight. mom like, okay, that's enough? Erica. No, I did everything in secret. Oh, you did? Because when I
0: told them that I wanted to find out who my real parents were, is what I said. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say my real parents if you're an adoptee to your adoptive parents because that is crushing. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I said that, they were crushed. They're like, why do you want to find your parents? Aren't we are your parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they were heartbroken. So then I realized I was going to be alone on this journey. So I did everything in secret. They knew nothing. Tell so. me how
1: you found the information. Oh, my gosh. So
0: long story short, I went into the public health field. Graduate from the University of Utah, got my BS, went to San Diego State, got my master's. And then I ended up working at the State Health Department in Utah. So I had this bright idea one day. Like I was looking, I was had to type a letter to some agency for whatever reason. I looked at the letterhead. And I said, you know, Department of Health. And I'm like, I am going to use this letterhead and pose as a public health professional, needing to find my information. So, long story short, I wrote a letter to the Department of California, Department Mm -hmm. of Health, Statistics Agency, and I says, I am looking to get this information. I need to find my records because of health purposes, which I kind of, I had health problems, right? I wanted to know Mm -hmm. if I was going to carry that onto my children. So, I still have the letter in my folder. I should have brought it up here. But anyway, I just basically used my status as a public health professional at the state health department to contact another health professional at another health department to get my original records.
1: Do you feel bad saying that? No, I don't. Okay.
0: Because I I wasn't really lying. I really was a professional. Working there, yeah, right. I really was working there. I mean, I wasn't forging anything. Right. Anyway, so they sent me my documents, my original adoption papers, but they were not, they were whited out. All of the identifying information was gone. So I found out, though, that my name was Victoria Lee Webster. Was my birth name,
1: and I'm like. Oh. So your parents named you Erica. They named me Erica Victoria. Oh.
0: And so when I gave when they gave me my birth certificate, it said Victoria Sharp. As as my birth certificate, right. but then when I found out my name was Victoria Lee Webster, because I saw some mm-hmm. of the white that was not completely white, I'm like, my name is Victoria Lee Webster. I'm like, what's Webster? That's when I had found out I was adopted before. And I go, um, so then I shared this information with them. They were upset still that I was still searching after all these years.
1: With your parents? Yeah, I, okay. I told
0: them. And then they go, and they didn't they didn't say anything at the time. They go, that's just wrong. That's false, you know. Anyway, so I got this information. But somehow in the information, they told me that I needed to contact the Hawaii Department of Health. So it's kind of a really long story. This is years and years of work. But anyway. We
1: want to hear it. We're just like. <laughs> so interested.
0: So anyway, after a while, I contacted the university of, not the university, the Hawaii Department of Health. And it was just bizarre because they had sent me information that when you, at a certain, I think it was 1990, must've been 1991, 92, 93, somewhere in there, Hawaii had just changed their law. That if you could get one biological family member to sign off and agree, they would open and unlock my original information and send everything to me. I'm like, I can get all of this information about my life, but I have to find one biological family. How in the world am I going to do that? I still had no leads, Mm -hmm. none. And this woman on the phone says, well, I just want you to know, we do have a private investigator that guarantees her work. And I'm like, oh, what's her name? So they sent me her name and... She was pricey, but my husband agreed to pay it, and we hired her. She guaranteed that she would find one biological family member within six months. So then on April 20th, what, 21 years ago today, I got that call. It was six months to the day. I got a call that my biological family had been found. Members, all of them. Yeah. And how did you respond? So at the time, I had a lot of Polynesian friends. So I thought that somebody was playing a joke on me. Mm. Back then we had actual answering machines. So mm-hmm. I came home from work, and I, put, you know, my, I had a message on my answering machine. And it was some guy talking in a funny pigeon language. You know, I'm your fada. I'm not your fada, but I know your fada. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> So I just thought I would call back and he goes, my name is Roy Machado. That's my father's name, biological father's name. And goes, I because I'm not the wrong one. I'm your uncle actually, but I know your real father and I can get this information to him and I'll have him sign for you. So then I, this after that, it was just phone call after phone call. People were calling me out of the woodwork, family members. I'm your aunt, I'm your auntie, I'm your this, mm. I'm your that, and... I didn't care about all of my aunts and uncles, to be honest with you. I just wanted to know, do I have sisters and brothers? That's all I (laughs) wanted to know. Well, in the the end, I found out I had five brothers and three, at least three sisters, if not more siblings. So that's another Wow. Yes. Okay. So when did you, did you call them? I did. I called my uncle back, and as it turns out, He's Mormon, and he works in one of the temples over in Hawaii, and he was touched by my story because when I had to hire the private investigator, I had to write a letter telling the biological family member why I wanted to know my information, so he received my letter, and he he said, I could tell by your, are you Mormon by any chance, Mm -hmm. and I said, yes, I am, and anyway, long story short, he says, you know, your letter touched me and I want to help you. So he helped me get in touch with my father, who I called on the phone. It was weird. Tell me about that. Well, I just called him, and he said he didn't even know he had a daughter. Later, I found this all out, that after I was adopted, I was kind of adopted black market or like under the table. She didn't want the biological father to know because he had all boys, and he always wanted a girl. So when she found out she was pregnant with a girl, she
1: did she not just tell, him. Didn't okay. tell him.
0: So he didn't even know I existed.
1: Were they in relationship? I mean, mm. obviously they were, but were they like dating or? Uh, let's just say they were both married to okay. other people. Okay.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> so out of that relationship came myself and my brother, my full blooded brother Glenn.
1: After you or before you? He was older than me. Okay.
0: He's older than me by a year. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I found that all out. Yeah.
1: So twice. Yeah. They had. Did she have to tell her husband? Or?
0: Well, all of her children were living with her. I was the only one that was adopted. Really? And she's had. She had multiple abortions. I found out later on. Oh my gosh! Bef- right before me. So why she decided to keep me instead of you know mm-hmm. terminate me? I don't have no idea. So and when you
1: talked to your dad, did you feel a
0: connection? Or- no, no, no,
1: not at How all. How long after before you talked to your mom?
0: So I didn't talk to her. I went and saw her. I went and visited her, yeah. And that did not go well. Oh, no. No, no. So many, many years later, my husband and my kids decided to go to Hawaii so I could meet all of my biological Mm -hmm. family members. So I met my father and all my half-siblings and my aunts. But the one I really wanted to meet, my brother, brother, didn't show up. He didn't want anything to do with me. That's another story. So anyway, that visit, I did not see her. It was years later that I made a trip back. And my sister, who I connected with and met, she took mm-hmm. me to the hospital to meet my mom. And uh, here's the funny story. So here I am what I'm in my 30s, late 30s. And I had flown 3,000 miles to go specifically to meet my mother, my right. biological mother. When her name is Jill. Uh-huh. She works in a hospital. She's a nurse. So it was Kukini Hospital, for those of you listening. (laughs) Jill Sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so she worked as an emergency room nurse. I found that out because my sister knew. So I'm like, okay, I am going to go into this hospital. I'm about to meet my biological mother. I have no idea how this is going to be. When you're going to meet her at her work. I'm going to meet her at her work. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to walk in there. So I walk in there and I go to this Desk and there's a woman behind the glass. I am freaking out. And I'm like, that can't be her. I look at her name tag, it's Jill. I'm like, crap, that's her. I just stared at her like this. I'm just staring at her. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are my mother. Wow. And the and I don't say a word. And the woman goes, Can I help you? And I'm like, oh, yes. Can you tell me where the cardiology department is? I think I'm lost. And because uh, I am freaking freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even prepared. Like, I didn't prepare anything. I'm just freaking, out. I'm just staring at her. And she goes, she was so nice. And she goes, Oh, well, let me help you, dear. And she gets up, she gets around the thing, and she walks ahead of me down the hall. I'm standing behind her going, <laughs> freaking out, like, looking at her. And I'm like, my mom, I'm going to look like, I'm freaking out. She takes me around the corner. The cardiology department's over here. And she says, thank you very much. Have a nice day. She turns around and she leaves. And here I am in the cardiology department for no reason at all. (laughs) Did she look like you? No. Oh. I don't know. In our our pictures of our younger days, we look exactly alike. Okay. So then I'm like, oh my, I did not fly 3,000 miles to come to the cardiology department in the Kua Hospital and then go home. There's no reason. So I'm like, okay, suck it up, girl. <laughs> Say something. So then I'm like, I'm going to turn around. I turned around, went back down the hall, went back into her office. She looks at me. And there was like instant recognition, instant understanding. And before the words came out of my mouth, she goes, get out. And I said, Jill, I did not come here to cause a problem. I just wanted to come here to thank you for my life. She goes, Get out. She picked up the phone, de- 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 de, called security. Security came, threw me out. That's it. End of story.
1: That just makes me want to cry though because what a moment. You came all the way to see this woman and right. she couldn't handle it. Right. And so what did you do after that? I mean, that's everybody's Worst fear, to be honest. Right. You're going to find your mom and she's going to say exactly that.
0: Right. Well, I, I was escorted out by a security guard. Looks like you, actually. <laughs> <looked>
1: like you. <laughs> she had flashbacks. <laughs> she's a John, our camera guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so we walk out and my sister's in the car. She goes, How did it go? I'm like, It didn't go well. And he goes, Told you. Because she, she had lived with her abuse her whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking severe abuse. Like, left in the closet, not being fed, cigarette burns, we're talking abuse. So she got told you, and I'm like, wow, that was really disappointing. So I was disappointed, but Mm -hmm. I didn't cry. I just remember feeling just, well, even more grateful for my life, Mm -hmm. I guess. It's hard to Mm -hmm. put into words, really. But then I called her back, like, the next day, and she just denied She didn't want anything to do with me. It was just, she's kind of not altogether there in in the head, I don't think. Because later on in life, all of her children, I found out, had been taken away from Child Protective Services because of her severe abuse. She'd worked at a prostitute at night. And so while my brother told me that, or my sister told me that when she did her tricks at night, she would pin my brother and sisters to the bed with their little diaper pins. You know, when they used to wear pins Mm -hmm. in their diaper, pin them to the bed so they couldn't get out of bed so she could be gone all night. Weird stuff. So I'm like, oh, man, I escaped mm-hmm. this horrific life. And all of my brothers and sisters lived pretty rough lives under her reign, mm-hmm. I guess. But anyway, so I'm just like,
1: so I never contacted her again. What about your sister? Did you look like any of your siblings and brothers? And No, I don't look like any of them. Mm-hmm. And when I
0: met them for the first time, they didn't like me because I talk funny. You know, they all talk like, hey, brother, oh, yeah. sister, you know, no one off time, you know, all that kind of I don't mm-hmm. talk like that. Right. And I was raised in the mainland by mm-hmm. Caucasian parents, so I was raised differently, and they didn't like that at first. They didn't, because everyone was making a big deal that I had been found, right? The, oh, we, because some people knew of my they existence. They did, okay. Some people didn't. My father didn't, so... They were making a big deal, and my brother didn't like it, and he had lived a really rough life. Mm-hmm. Like, he really rough life. So, I mean, then in the end, after I met them all, I realized that I was meant to be Ryan. Mm. So.
1: Yeah, finding that peace is so important. So I found my dad later in life, and I tell the story on the podcast, but he found me when I was 19. I'm Native American, very Native American, I know. And so my mom got pregnant, and they were furious that this white woman was going to have a white baby, and they didn't want anything to do with my mom or me. So- my mom was like, I can't raise this girl. And I, I was born very, very Native American looking. It's really amazing. And I always say I was switched at birth. But and then I look like New this. profile pic. I need to see it. Then I'm like this. <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, exactly. So I had jet black hair. I mean, it's just crazy. So anyway, she takes me. She raises me. And my whole life, I was like, I don't have a dad, blah, blah, blah. So then he finds me when I'm in college. one 800 us search back in the day. He finds me and says, hi, I'm your dad. What? We all want to meet you. We all, yeah. So I went back and in this native culture and they're like braiding the hair and they're like weaving a dream catcher. And <gasps> I mean, it's very. They most of them live on the reservation. And so I was like, but they also didn't like me. My cousins did not like me because I was, you right. know, had escaped this abusive yeah. life and living off the government. And, yeah, you know, I'm not saying anything about people who right, live off the government, sure. but, you know, they believe that they deserve their land. And right. and of course they do. But it's just a different way to, to look at life. So it was just very like your story, mm-hmm. right, where I went there and I felt like it was great to meet them all, mm-hmm. but I felt very—I don't know if lucky is the mm-hmm. word—blessed just it made my life made sense then. Mm-hmm. Right? And thank you to my mother 100%. who did take me away oh. and that I was taught differently than this. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean I felt better than them. I just felt in my heart this gratitude that oh. I hadn't had before Did you experienced that. Yeah.
0: 100%. So once I found them all, my search and my my obsession ended. It was over and I could go on with my life. But it was just like like this overwhelming, like you say, overwhelming gratitude and almost a realization that there's a purpose, a distinct mm-hmm. purpose to my life. Yes. And that's kind of when everything changed in my life and I knew that I wanted to live a
1: purposeful life, making that's a difference. amazing. I have a lot of questions, though. Did you find out your <laughs> birth story and what happened with the first couple?
0: So I did, actually. Oh. So uh, I got all the information. You said your story was not interesting.
1: I don't, you know, this is riveting. <laughs> This is a lot of information.
0: I, well, it's just, I don't know. I don't think I'm that interesting. But anyway, so when my records were open and sent to me, I got all of the information, found out what my birth name was. I found out what my birth parents' names were. And yes, I tried to find them too. I found out I had been adopted twice. And the reason why I had been given up the first time is that my, after I was immediately adopted at birth, my father at the time had been called out to sea he was in the navy so he was gone out to sea for back then it was a long time so first, months. Adoptive parent, first
1: adoptive parents first adoptive parents okay first
0: adoptive parents he went out to sea and we mean the japanese mother the first one did not she didn't like me and i didn't like her i guess i cried all the time i don't know she didn't like me so she sent me back to the adoption agency can i get a new one?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh she's laughing <laughs> and it's like I so mean. terrible i mean after you had kids were you just thinking how could you send a baby back
0: No, actually, because I'm glad that she did. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because if she was, at least she was aware that she was not going to be a good mother to me. Mm -hmm. I'd rather her have done that than me ended up in an abusive situation. Right. So. You
1: mentioned black market. Like she. I I just said, I don't know. Well, I just want to know. Under the table. how, How did that work? Did the family know them?
0: So. The first adoptive mm-hmm. set of parents, they did everything you know, normal through the agency. Oh. So I ended up in the foster home. Okay. But my original biological mother, what well, I didn't mean black market. I meant she just didn't let anybody know I was a girl and just didn't let anyone know she was oh, okay. putting me up for adoption. It was okay. all
1: clandestine. But everything was like through an agency. Yeah. And- yes. Okay. Everything was
0: legit. So. Okay. So
1: you went into foster care and do you know where you went? I do have kind of a trail. Uh-huh.
0: I have you know, all this information that my dad kept. Oh, that's another thing. So then after my parents told me I was adopted, I started snooping in all of their files. And I saw this form that said, Erica, $750 or something like that. I'm like, what the heck? You paid $750 for me? I was just offended. I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, you're buying babies? What does that even mean? So he went on to tell me that that was court fees. You know, there mm-hmm. was fees involved, obviously, in adoption. There is were, that all they paid? I guess. I
1: wow. don't know. I know
0: it's a lot. Cheap. That, it, I, yeah. That,
1: that, that. I mean, it's just seven fifty 50 is not very much. But, you know, my son asked me that, too. Did you buy us? Yeah. Like, the the thought of, like, wait a yeah. second. Yeah. Did you buy all of us? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a weird feeling right. for a kid.
0: It didn't, you know, when you're seven or eight and just learning about who you are, mm-hmm. It did, nothing makes sense and my parents unfortunately were not the open type they didn't want me to know all the details they weren't um, forthcoming in any information and then when I started my search they would not help me how do they feel when you traveled back not happy so I couldn't share with them mm-hmm. my experience but in the end maybe 10 years later my sister flew and we all went fishing with my dad that was kind of cool
1: and how did he respond? He was, they were they were
0: good. They Are you close good. to your sister now? No. 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 It didn't. Well, end what's well. what's interesting is I have a PhD in public health.
1: Had
0: mm-hmm. never met her before in my life. She has a PhD in public health. Oh. My other sister never met her in my life. Her name is Alika, which is Hawaiian for Erica. I'm like, "What?" And then my brother is a bodybuilder, I'm in fitness. So I'm like, "What?" Weird.
1: It is weird. I know. And your parents were involved in that as well. No. So it's really yeah. uh, nature versus nurture, right. we say. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So. So what you is know, your takeaway? I mean, that is a lot. And you're just like kind of smiling as you're telling the <laughs> story. Like, that's so crazy. In the adoption world, you, your heart breaks to think of getting a baby. And 18 months later, yeah. I mean, I was going to die in the first two weeks mm-hmm. that they thought maybe the mom would change her mind. I mean, that was my yeah. baby. I yeah. can't imagine 18 months later is a really long time to then put you back in the system. And I I was talking about this because I read just that one sentence that you had written. And I was saying to my mom, like, I remember things when I was three. For sure. Me too. I broke my arm. I remember. But, you know, you're saying you don't remember, like. I don't remember anything
0: before I was three. I remember being adopted. You do. By my second set Mm -hmm. of parents. I remember that. I meant all of it. I remember a lot of it.
1: And you didn't have, like, any attachment disorders. Mm-mm. You just walked in and like, hi, mom and dad. Exactly. I mean, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, I know. I don't know anything about my previous, that previous time. And I, it doesn't bother me that I don't know.
1: It's good for people to hear this because we always assume if a child goes from home to home to home, they're mm-hmm. going to have attachment issues. Mm-hmm. And you should be prepared for that as an adoptive mm-hmm. parent. You need to be prepared. But it does happen where a child can be through, go through so much and come mm-hmm. in and be like,
0: Hi, mom and dad. And mm-hmm. just
1: be a good attached child. I was
0: apparently really well adjusted. And I owe a lot of that to my parents because they were so loving, so loving, almost to the point of suffocation. That's why I left home at an early age, actually, because they were so suffocating. I moved out when I was 17, never went back. I couldn't deal with the suffocation. <laughs> but they were really, really good parents. They taught me well, loved me. I thought I was in heaven, you know.
1: Yeah. for heaven. Yeah
0: after you were yeah it was a it was a really good life really really good life but i mean i have cousins and friends who've all been adopted they don't care they don't care to find their answers i had a lot of questions mm-hmm. i had to answer them i'd still be searching today if i hadn't have found the answers
1: yeah and i think our job as parents now right mm-hmm. in this era is that we for me i want to help my children mm-hmm. find everything they need to know. Mm-hmm. I want to be on that journey. I don't That's want important. them to be like oh, I don't want to tell my parents cuz they w- will cry or be upset. Yeah, no. it's everything in the adoption world can be very hard. I remember my son asked me, you know, mommy, was mm-hmm. I in your tummy? And I'm like yes, you were. He's African-American. And I'm like, yes, of course you were. (laughs) I wanted to say that. I I understood that pain of like, I want you to know that I want you to be my biological son, but there is another woman out there that had you and she's amazing. She gave you life, you know, and all those things. And then one day he's going to say, I want it. And I hope that he says, let's go, mom, pack your bags. We're going to (laughs) find, and I want to be on that journey. But that's because everything has changed in education, right? Mm. We went into this knowing our kids are going to have questions and we're not going to stop that
0: we want to be part of their journey well that would be my advice to those listening thinking about adoption when you do adopt please make sure you're open and honest from the beginning Mm because it was for me some kids want to know so tell them and for me it was an obsession that i could have been everything happens for a reason so i have no regrets but i wish that my parents would have been more honest with me not so hurt they were so focused on their pain of my needing to search, that they weren't able to have a sit-down conversation, explain to me why. And they never did answer my question how I came out of a garbage can. I still don't know where babies come from. So
1: <laughs> So you got all I your never, kids from a garbage yeah, can? I, did. <laughs> I have no idea. How many kids do you have? I have four. Four kids. Uh-huh. And how old were you when you got married? Oh, gosh, 26. So he went on this journey with you. Yeah. For I the was most married part. Twice, but yeah, my first husband, yeah okay
0: yeah i have pictures of all of us in hawaii with the family with lays you know up to here when they lay put lays mm-hmm. upon your head yeah and, and when you're a it's a ceremony
1: welcoming ceremony that's amazing mm-hmm. i want to show those pictures so send me a picture oh, okay so I, I will very cool and i would have never guessed and people say that about me too that when i tell my story they're like i'd have never guessed Right, because we just have those personalities that are like well, no matter what, and we have a strong faith that God oh, was yes. always in it, right? For sure. Oh, yes. And grateful. I mean, it was your life perfect? Was my mm-hmm. life? It wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but the alternative was not great, right. you know? And oh, for sure. I had people that uh, made hard choices for the benefit of my life, and I'm very grateful for that. But I would not have been so grateful if I didn't find them. And I remember That's when right. my, I went that Thanksgiving, my mom That's was right. like, no right I'm like I have to do this and she was just so sad but I'm like thank goodness that I did this because now I can come back home and be like thank you so much and it sounds like you had that too and I think we should support our children
0: absolutely
1: that is an amazing story I'm glad I didn't know it before we went into this but (laughs) I'm thankful for your advice to adoptive parents and you're still supporting adoption there are some adoptees who do not (sighs) support adoption
0: so, you know, growing up as a teenager, before I knew my whole story, you know, it's all about my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and that makes sense to a, a certain degree. But then after a while, you know, my faith combined with my story and finding out that my mom had had all these abortions, you know, she had birth, she had birth, she had aborted, she had birth, she had aborted. And then right before me, apparently she'd had a few abortions ahead of, ahead of me. And it's like, why me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it's like, there's so many stories out there of kids who could have been Right, But it's like, I'm so grateful for life. And there's such a purpose to each and every soul, every little being. And we're just, we're not a clump of cells. We are designed. We have DNA from Mm -hmm. divine. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when I found out all the answers to my questions, it's like, oh my gosh, God has a distinct purpose for my life. And, And since finding out, there's been so many miracles and amazing stories that have happened after the fact that it's like, oh my gosh. I've been blessed for sure.
1: So now you're pro-life. I am pro-life. Yeah. Yeah, we get that question a lot. And I don't like to address the fearful woman that's making the hard choice she has Those to. Those are hard, for sure. And the panic and, and also the cultural environment pushing women to do that. Mm-hmm. And it happens in all countries. No, oh, for sure. And there are these broken women that we need to love and Mm -hmm. understand. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, but I am pro-adoption. I do believe that with two million families that cannot conceive, waiting on lists, that this mother could change someone's life. And she could be the hero in the story. And if she chose life, and it's not easy, Mm -mm. none of it's easy. Mm -mm. But if she chose life and gave another family a life and a child a life, Mm. I mean, look how much you can change the world. You are changing the world. You are volunteering. You are an advocate. You're an ambassador. I mean, you are always doing good in the world. And anybody that follows you on Facebook is like, we all love Erica. We want to be <laughs> Erica because you're always giving of yourself and you represent yourself so well and you represent the adoption community very well and adoptees. And so I think you're very inspiring. Well, I want to
0: do more for adoption because it's so important. I mean, it's such a great choice, obviously. I mean, for mm-hmm. you, for me, for me,
1: Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and remember all of our podcasts are available at our website, adoptionnow.com. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week.